At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer Billy Lowe, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Easy Family Podcast, and got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment, we go out to the city of Boston, where they have been winning quite a few games, and Warren Campbell does a great job with the Locked On Red Sox podcast. She also does a great job over there at Nesson covering not just baseball, but also the NHL in the second segment. We're going to be taking a look at what has led to this recent Boston Red Sox turnaround, sort of the state of what we're seeing in terms of their pitching as well as the bullpen. When I talked to her on VEASAN a little bit over a month ago, it was not so great. Now they've been able to do a little bit of a better job and also take a look forward to the back half of their series against the St. Louis Cardinals as well. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. First things first, always love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast and you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore one Keep in mind, Lurzium, maybe it does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but it was a fun day of baseball on Friday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends in. Try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The Astros had a 10 spot in the sixth inning. They take down the Chicago White Sox by kind of 13-3. Game was 3-3 going into the bottom of the sixth inning, and then the White Sox turned into the Washington Generals as Lucas Giolito winds up giving up a lot of these runs as he 
surrenders eight runs over the course of five innings, most of which wound up coming in that sixth inning, and then Matt Foster comes in. He gives up four runs in two-thirds of an inning, and then you do wind up having from there Tanner Banks get the final seven outs while giving up just one home run as in total, the Houston Astros, they wound up being able to belt out five home runs in this one. They did wind up having one in the first inning from Alex Bregman, his seventh home run of the season, and Yuli Gurriel in the second, his fifth. But then from there, the sixth inning just turned into a home run derby as you had Michael Brantley get his fifth home run season, Kyle Tucker his 13th, Jordan Alvarez his 18th. And for Houston, from Valdez, not a great start, not a terrible start. Three runs given up in six innings. For a lefty against the White Sox, it's not too bad as A.J. Pollock able to go deep for his fourth home run season. And the Astros, they lead the league in bullpen area. Seth Martinez has still not given up an earner on this season. A scoreless setting out of he, Ryan Sanick, and Brian Abreu to be able to get the job done out there. The New York Mets continue to have the best record out there in the National League. They take down the Miami Marlins by kind of 10-4 as one of our favorites, Pablo Lopez, got the start and after he wound up taking a line drive off the wrist, it did not look like he was 100% in this one as he took that last week and made the start here, giving up seven runs, six of which were earned in five and a third innings as he allowed a home run to Francisco Lindor, his 10th home run season, and Pete Alonso, currently leading the National League, gets his 19th home run season off of Tommy Nance as Nance gives up three runs in two-thirds of an inning. Jacob Yacobonis winds up giving a scoreless setting, and Lewis Ed lowers his ERA to a 675 with a scoreless setting, and you did have Brian De La Cruz for the Miami Marlins get his third home run season. That comes off of Carlos Carrasco, winds up going six and a third innings, giving up three runs, including that homer, so not necessarily his best effort, but Adam Adovino four outs out of the bullpen, and you did wind up having one run give it up in four outs out of Adonis Medina for the Mets to be able to keep things rolling. The Detroit Tigers they have now lost six straight games as the Walker Texas Rangers take them down by a count of 7-0 for the Detroit Tigers. They currently have 31 home runs through 64 games. They are on pace for 78 home runs this season and if you remember Mr. Barry Lamar Bonds, he had 73 home runs in a single season so that is not too great as they have scored now one run or fewer in I'm not even kidding here. Five out of their last six games and six out of their last nine, I believe. It is not going great for this offense as you wound up having 55 shades of John Gray. Stymie them, seven scoreless innings. Brett Martin, Garrett Richards, they both give you a scoreless setting. And Jonah Heim winds up going deep off of Tariq Skubal. His eighth home run season as Skubal wound up getting... Hit around in this one. Five runs give it up in five innings. Will Vest gives up two runs in two-thirds of an inning before they wind up having Joe Menes give you a scoreless inning and Tyler Alexander, two and a third inning scoreless. So not going so well for the Detroit Tigers. Meanwhile, it's a Walker, Texas Rangers team that all of a sudden maybe they will pick up a little bit of steam as they've now won four straight games on the road. You did wind up seeing the Arizona Diamondbacks take down the Minnesota Twins at home by a count of 7-2 as for the Twins, he did wind up having Byron Buxton go deep. His fifth home run in the last eight days, his 19th home run season overall, but Devin Smeltzer, a guy that I thought was doing for some regression, well, he smelts it up in this one, giving up seven runs, six of which were over the course of four and a third innings as Jordan Luplo winds up taking him deep twice, his eighth and ninth home runs of the season as Matt Bum, Madison Baumgartner gives up that home run through Byron Buxton. Six innings in total, gives up two runs from there. Sean Poppin, Kyle Nelson, J.B. Wendell can all give you a scoreless inning, and for the Minnesota Twins, he did wind up having Tyler Thornburg give you two and two-thirds innings scoreless and Ty Duffy was able to give you a scoreless inning as well. For Mackenzie Gore, apparently he doesn't like facing off against the Colorado Rockies. 10-4, the Rockies rock Mackenzie Gore in this one as he winds giving up three home runs, eight runs in total over the course of four innings. If you take a look at Mackenzie Gore, he has now given up in his last two starts against the Colorado Rockies. 14 total earned runs, 
He's given up eight earned runs against everyone else this season. Mike Clevenger comes in for long relief along with the Reese Kennard. They both wind up going and combine four innings. You'd have Clevenger along the way give up two runs as Trent Grisham. Lone form of offense really for the San Diego Padres. He winds up getting his fifth home run season off of Kyle Friedland who winds up allowing four runs over the course of seven innings including that bomb. Carlos Aceves was able to give you a squirrel sending along Jake Bird and for the Rockies going deep in this one. Randall Gritchick, 16th home run of the season and CJ Crone numbers 15 and 16 for him on the campaign. It's now 12 out of his 16 home runs. They have come at home. The Kansas City Royals hit the road and they take down the Oakland A's by a count of 5-1. to An A's team that has now lost 11 out of their last 12 games and this is the battle of the two teams with the worst record out there in the big leagues as for the Royals. Salvador Perez was able to go deep 10th home run season. That comes off a of 1 of Frankie Montas who winds up giving up 5 runs 3 which were earned over the course of 5 innings giving up 10 hits along the way. Austin Pruitt came in in long relief, three scoreless settings, and Lou Trevino dropped his ERA below nine with a scoreless setting, but for the Oakland A's, not going well for this offense right now. They wind up putting up just one run, go one of three with men in scoring position as Oakland has been held to one run or fewer, now three out of their last four games, and boy, it has been very rough sledding for them as Daniel Lynch, very good start here for the Kansas City Royals. Ten punch outs in five innings, allowing one run. From there, you do wind up having Taylor Clark, Gabe Spear, and Josh Stamount combined for three scoreless innings, and Dylan Coleman was able to give you a scoreless inning as well. Wind up having a double dip between the Washington Nationals and the Philadelphia Phillies and the Phillies take both. The Phillies wind up winning game one, five to three, as Yolanda Doan now one and eleven. This year for the Washington Nationals, he has made 13 starts and the Nationals have lost 11 of them by two plus runs. They've been able to get one straight up win and one loss by one run in which they were a favorite. And now the good news for the team is that Carl Edwards Jr., Kyle Finnegan, and Francisco Perez were able to give you a scoreless inning. But for Adon, gives up four runs over the course of five innings. Evan Lee gives up an unearned run in his inning of work. And Josh Bell was able to go deep off of one of dangerous Juarez, his ninth home run of the season as for the Philadelphia Phillies. Juarez gives up three runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings before Connor Brock gives you four odds. Sir Anthony Dominguez, right in. They both give you a scoreless setting. And then game two, the Phillies wind up being able to get it done by a count of eight to seven as the Washington Nationals were up by a count of five to three going into the eighth inning. And then the Nats bullpen does what the Nats bullpen does. Not do great things. As for the Philadelphia Phillies, it was a pair of home runs out of Matt Veerling, his second and third of the campaign that propelled the team to victory. First one wanted coming off of Paul Espino, who wound up going five innings, giving up three runs, two of which were earned, including that bomb. Then the other one comes off of Tanner Rainey, who could not rein it in, giving up one run in one and a third innings. He did have Erasmo Ramirez and Carl Edwards Jr. Both give you a scoreless setting. Kyle Finnegan, though, he goes two-thirds of an inning, giving up two runs, and Steve Cishek, two runs, one of which was earned in the 10th inning for the Nationals. You wound up having Josh Bell have a three-home run game have a three-home run day as he winds up getting his 10th and 11th of the campaign, both off of Bailey Falter, and he lived up to his aim. He faltered, giving up two home runs, three runs in total over the course of five innings. Nick Nelson from there, he winds up giving up two runs in an inning, but Corey Canable, Jurisic, Familia, they both give you a scoreless inning. Andrew Bellotti gets a pair of outs. He does wind up giving up an under-and-run. D.D. Gregorius wound up hurting him with an error, but Jose Alvarado, he does wind up giving up a run in the 10th. That was an under-and-run, but gets a final four outs. Phillies wind up being able to get it done, and I believe the Phillies have now won 13 out of their last 14, so they have been rocking and rolling there. The Milwaukee Brewers are DK Nation pick. 
Anyway, I end up getting it done. They take down the Cincinnati Reds by a count of 5-4. to four. They entered into this one. Losers of 9 out of their last 11, but they were able to get to Hunter Green in this one as Green winds up getting tagged for a pair of bombs. Hunter Renfro, 11th home run season. Willie Adamas, his 12th. And then Kessinira, we say hip hip raw for a 6th home run season. That comes off of Ross Detweiler. Detweiler winds up giving up one run in two-thirds of nine. Jeff Hoffman did give you four outside the bullpen, and you had Hunter Strickland along Joel Kunal. Both give you a scoreless setting, but for Green, he winds up giving up four runs over the course of five innings after he had allowed just one run in his previous 12 starts, spanning two starts. And for Eric Lauer, he did wind up giving up all four runs for the Milwaukee Brewers, including a trail of bombs. Albert Omar Jr., third home run of the season. Brandon Drury, 14th home run of the campaign. And Tommy Pham is 19th. He allows four runs in six and a third innings. But Miguel Sanchez, pair of outs out of the bullpen. Josh Hader was unavailable in this game because he's on paternity leave right now, so congratulations to him. But Devin Williams, Brad Boxerberger, both able to give you a scoreless setting. The Atlanta Braves entered into Friday on a 14-game win streak. The Cubs entered into Friday on a 10-game losing streak. And, of course, the Chicago Cubs get the job done in this one by kind of 1-0 against the Braves team that they're looking to be the second team ever to hit 60 home runs in a single month. And it's going to be tough when you wind up getting just two hits in this one. And Charlie Morton, a man that had given up three plus runs at eight out of his last 10 starts and I believe five straight. Seven scoreless innings. A.J. Minter from there winds giving up a run in his inning, and that was just one too many. As for the Cubs, Keegan Thompson, six scoreless innings. Michael Givens, Chris Martin, D- David Robertson, and of a bullpen that had been relatively terrible, all give you a scoreless inning for the Cubs to be able to get up off the mat. Wind up having another game. Wind up landing 1-0. As the Tampa Bay Rays go into Baltimore, they lose the Orioles by a count of 1-0. As Shane Boz, very good start here. His second of the season gives up just two hits, seven punch outs over the course of six innings. From there, you do wind up having Kelvin Futcher wind up giving up a run in a third of an inning. Brooks Raley and Luke Bard clean up the final five outs, but nothing doing for the Tampa Bay Rays. They get eight hits, but they really never threaten in this game. As for Baltimore, a very good start out of Dean Kremer. Prior to his start last week, Week against the Kansas City Royals, the team all time was three and fifteen in its starts. They have now won each of the last two as he winds up going for six scoreless innings. Felix Batista, Cianal Perez, Ore Lopez. They team together. They give you the final three innings of this game. Scoreless as the Orioles. Now in the top seven of the big leagues in terms of bullpen area, they wind up being able to clean it up there. The San Francisco Giants hold the Pittsburgh Pirates scoreless two to zero. The final in this one as one Carlos Rodon was able to go eight scoreless innings. Very good performance there, Camilo Duvall. A scoreless setting of his own end for the Giants. Both runs come off of solo home runs. Luis Gonzalez gets his third home run season. That winds coming off of Zach Thompson. And Thompson surrenders one to Jock Peterson, his 14th. Thompson, a little bit of an issue with the deep ball, giving up those two solo home runs over the course of four and a third innings. And Byron's bullpen, they've been able to get all but four of the team's wins thus far this season. They did their part, J.C. Young. Two scoreless settings. You do have Yuri De Los Santos give you a scoreless setting. And Cam View. Hopefully I'm saying that one correctly. He gets five outs. He does not wind up allowing a single thing, but for the Pittsburgh Pirates, no runs in this one. The New York Yankees power their way to victory over the uh, Toronto Blue Jays by a count of 12-3 to three as the Yankees may wind up being able to have a nice deep ball in this one, and they have now won eight straight games of their own. Anthony Rizzo, he winds up being able to go deep for his 17th home run season. Giancarlo Sand is 14th. TJ Turner at Uplamayu is 6th, and Joey Gallo is 9th. As for the Blue Jays, it was just all 
sorts of bad for this team. Ron Stripling, not necessarily the world's worst start, just didn't deliver a lot of length. Two runs given up in three and two-thirds innings, and the Blue Jays' bullpen has not been great this season, and it was probably their worst night of the season as you needed four innings out of Casey Lawrence. He winds up giving up two runs along the way, but Trevor Richards, he raises his ERA to a 6.59, giving up three runs in an inning, and Trent Thornton got one out and gave up five runs, all of which were earned. Now, Alejandro Kirk was able to provide a little bit of offense, gets a sixth home run season off of one Jordan Montgomery, and Montgomery gives up two runs over the course of six innings, relatively solid there. From there, many Benuelos and Miguel Castro combined for two innings. Benuelos winds up giving up a run in the process, and Lucas Lukey was able to give you a scoreless inning as well. So the Yankees, they continue on their winning ways. And for the Boston Red Sox, who we're going to be talking about a little bit later with Lauren Campbell going in more depth with them. They wind up giving up four runs in the ninth inning to make things very hairy, but they wind up being able to get it done by a count of six of five. If you, like me, wind up having the under in this one, you're a little bit salty as Michael Walker, relatively solid start. He does wind up allowing a home run to Nolan Arenado. Both home run season, but gives up just that one run over the course of five and a third innings. John Schreiber, Matt Stram, they both give you one and a third inning scoreless, and ironically enough with Lauren, we're going to be talking about how the Red Sox bullpen has improved, and Austin Davis Gives up three runs in two-thirds of an inning. And Tanner Oak gets a save, but gives up a run in a third of an inning along the way. But for Boston, they do wind up going three of eight with men in scoring position. As for St. Louis, Adam Wainwright, he wound up getting it around in this one. Giving up four runs over the course of six and a third innings. T.J. McFarland does not get an out. He gives up two runs. And Nick Wickren, one and two-thirds innings scoreless. So the Boston Red Sox continue their winning ways. They are now 35-30. and 30 And they have really been he- able to heat up ever since a relatively rough start to begin the season. The Seattle Mariners, after they wound up not doing a lot on offense against the LA Angels on Thursday, they bounce back by being able to get an 8-1 win on Friday. As for the Angels, Michael Lorenzen, not long for this game. Goes five innings, giving up seven runs, all of which were earned, including home run. Going deep for the Seattle Mariners, Cal Raleigh is eighth home run season. Robbie Ray, one of his better starts of the campaign. Ten punch-outs, one run given up over the course of seven innings. Penn Murphy, Rayonis Ellis, from there, both give you a scoreless inning. And for the Angels, they did wind up having Shoei Otani get a day off as Jack Mayfield position player winds up getting a scoreless inning in this one and Austin Warren he winds up going two innings giving up just one run along the way but for the Angels I believe that this is now 17 out of their last 20 games that they've lost it has been a very very bad funk for them and for the Cleveland Guardians they wind up going on the road against the LA Dodgers and they get the job done by a count of two to one as for Cleveland they wind up getting a very good start from Zach Lisak. Gives up a solo run over the course of six innings. Going deep for the Dodgers. Cody Bellinger has had a very, very bad year. He gets his eighth home run of the season. But then from there, Sam Entages, Trevor, Steven, along with Anthony Ghost, all wind up giving you a scoreless inning. And then Aniel De Los Santos in the tenth inning comes in. He supplies the final outs to be able to get it done. As for the LA Dodgers, this wasn't the pitching's fault. Clayton Kershaw has been a little bit shaky over the last few seasons at home. He winds up giving five. Innings gives up one run from there. Alex Vasia, Broussard, or Gradrol. They combine for three scoreless innings. Danny Hudson, he winds up giving a scoreless inning, and then Evan Phillips allows the unearned run in the 10th inning for the Guardians to be able to get it done as north of plus $2 underdogs. So, what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball over the last, we're going to call it now, 30 days is a little bit of a trend upward to the over. You may recall, first few weeks of the season, we were getting an under rate of 60%. Now, over the last 30 days, 202 overs, 183 under. So, 52.5% to the over. Underdogs in the time span, though, they're hitting at just 38.2%. They've went 152 and 246 straight up, and if you take a look at favorites among 
among the 246 straight up wins. They've been able to cover the run line in 187 of them. So just 59 instances in which they have been unable to cover the run line. So they've been able to do a little bit better job because if you take a look at the season today, favorites overall, they're hitting at about 60.7%, 580 and 376. But for favorites, they have failed to cover the run line in 149 instances going 431 and 532. And this is manifested by home favorites because you don't wind up getting those last ups going 361 and 246. But they have failed to cover the run line. Home favorites have in 109 of these instances. And if you're taking a look at the Major League season to date, 468 unders, 443 overs, right around 51.4% to the under. So we've seen some fascinating stuff there. And we're seeing some fascinating stuff out there in Boston because they are winning and they are in an American League East that I'll say is probably the most competitive out there in the big league. So coming up next, we're going to be joined by Lauren Campbell. Does a great job with the Locked On Red Sox podcast. Does a great job with Nesson covering baseball. And for all of you that are fans of the NHL as the Stanley Cup Final that is going on, we're going to be joined by Lauren. Take a look at how the Red Sox have been able to rise up and what has been going well for them and also where they stand in the American League East. That's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson family of podcasts. It is great to be joined by our guests as Lauren Campbell does absolutely terrific work over there at Nesson along with the Locked On Red Sox podcast. She's out there in the great city of Boston where things were not going so well at the beginning of the season for the team, but we have seen quite a turnaround with the Red Sox and it is going to be very fascinating to see what winds up happening with that American League playoff race. So we're going to talk to Lauren Campbell about that and she's got a terrific handle here. I'm going to try to say it correctly. It's at la la la, so three laws and then her name Lauren and then You've got, I believe, four R's in the middle of Lauren. So that is all together. And Lauren, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thank you. And you nailed the Twitter handles. That's great. Sometimes a lot of people will struggle with it the first time around. So kudos. I was trying to make sure it was four R's and not three. So we wound up putting on our reading glasses. We were able to get that one. So I'm feeling pretty proud of myself there. And, you know, I should feel pretty proud of themselves, Boston Red Sox. After a relatively tough start to the season, Things have been going well for this team. They entered into their series with the St. Louis Cardinals, a pretty good footing, a little bit of a tough one on Thursday against the Oakland A's, but by and large, this has been a team that has been able to get the ship righted. And what have you really noticed with this team? I'm going to call it over, I would say, the last five to six weeks or so, because I still remember you joined me on VSIN a little bit over a month ago. We were talking about what was going wrong for the Red Sox. And since that time, what has really improved with them? Uh, the starting pitching, really. It's weird saying that now with Avaldi and Whitlock on the injured list, but Since May 31st, so from May 31st to June 15th, the pitching as a whole had a 183 ERA. Clearly, they were really finding their groove. And I kind of think that stems from a lot of the bullpen kind of falling into defined roles. I think this was a big issue with the bullpen that there was no closer. There was no longer relief setup guy. There was no eighth inning guy. And even though they don't have a defined closer, Tanner Houck and Matt Strom have kind of taken over that role. Very trustworthy pitchers of late and rest of the bullpen has just kind of followed. And the starting pitching, I don't know if it's something in the water or what it was, but when you have three complete games in three weeks from 
Avaldi, Pavetta, and Michael Waka, probably three people. Maybe Avaldi, you would expect in a, a complete game from him, but when you have Pavetta and Waka doing just the same thing, they're doing something right. They've really been keeping the Red Sox in games. They've won one-run games. When in April, if the you'd have anybody come on the mound in a one-run game, you'd be like, "This game's over. This Red Sox are not going to be able to hold on to this." And it's shifted a little bit in the last six weeks. And what else I think is really interesting about this team too. You talk about the pitching and what we've been able to get out of Michael Waku. It really looked like it was down trying for him as things were not necessarily going so great for him. How about what we're going to be seeing on the starter that is lined up right now for Sunday? That'd be Nick Pavetta because I take a look at the way that he was pitching last year. And for some reason, he was significantly better on the road than he was at home. And thus far this season, it felt like that he's an Astros game. It really woke him up. He winds up giving up. I think it was some sort of a solo home run in the first inning. And then from there, he was complete nails, winds up pitching a complete game. And ever since that, it's been a springboard for him. What have you really seen out of him this season that has allowed him to improve and be, for lack of a better term, a little bit more consistent? A lot of confidence. I think that confidence will go a long way with a pitcher. He started so strong in 2021. He went 5-0 in his first five starts. Complete opposite to start this season. But he got a lot of control and his command back. And with that just comes the confidence as well. And somebody has to step up. And you can't just rely on Avaldi. You know that Chris Sale is coming back. He's slowly getting there. But you know that there needs to be somebody else to step up to help keep this team afloat until Chris Sale comes back. And it's been Pavetta. Much like the bullpen, when you give him that defined role where you're like, you are our number two pitcher. We need number two stuff from you. And he's finally giving it. He's been fantastic over his last eight starts. The command is there, the velocity. He's really controlling his pitches. And he just has absolutely so much confidence in what he's throwing with every single pitch. I think that that is going to be really fascinating to see what we wind up getting on Sunday, assuming that we don't have any switcheroonies. Nick Pavetta is going to be going in that game for the Boston Red Sox against the St. Louis Cardinals team that right now they wind up leading the National League Central. So in my opinion, this is going to be a good measuring stick series for the Boston Red Sox as we do have Lauren Campbell joining me on the podcast. And with the Boston Red Sox, it doesn't sound like much, but currently the 13 games back of the New York Yankees. The Yankees just by far the best team in baseball right now, but they're only three and a half games back as we wind up doing this Thursday evening of the Toronto Blue Jays. And when it's all said and done, I think that if you're able to finish anywhere in the top three in the American League East, it certainly should be good enough to be able to make a playoff spot. And with regards to Boston Red Sox, I take a look at the way that they're playing right now, and I think that there's a real chance that they could wind up finishing number two in this division. I don't know how you take a look at the American League East as a whole, but I was not very impressed by the Toronto Blue Jays in that series against the Baltimore Orioles, who, to their credit, the Orioles are not the same Orioles as they were a few years ago. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, it's been a bunch that they've been able to do a great job with pitching, but I just take a look at their bats, and they aren't the same team that they were when they wound up making the World Series two years ago, and even to less of an extent last year. Yeah, and I know it's June. I know there's still plenty of baseball left to be played, but I really think the Red Sox should focus on catching the Blue Jays and catching the Rays. I think what the Yankees are doing is just unworldly right now, and even if they do kind of hit a slump, maybe if, even if they do cool down, The Yankees can really afford to lose a couple of games. They're far and away just running the AL East and maybe they'll come back down to earth toward the end of the season. Maybe not. They're not showing any signs of slowing down and any signs of fatigue. But if the season ended today, it looks like they're in a a postseason position in that second wild card. But 
you know that this team is better than what they've been playing. They're 500 at home. They're much better on the road. Maybe that's going to turn around in the in the warmer months now. Playing at Fenway in the cold is not fun, but there's other teams out there that play in cold weather all the time. So you look at the standings, you know, like the series with the Yankees, the Blue Jays and the Rays, they haven't been all that impressive. And the Rays are four and six in their last 10. So if the Red Sox can kind of take advantage of this little quote unquote slump the Rays are in and just kind of start building wins and getting close to the Rays and maybe jumping the Rays within the next week, just you know, it's one step at a time here, and this is why we play 162 games. Oh, absolutely. And we've seen that in past years where we've seen a bunch of Herculean comebacks look no further than what the St. Louis Cardinals wound up doing last season when they ran off 17 straight wins, wind up making the wild card, and very nearly took down the Dodgers in that wild card game as well. So always is important to keep that in mind. And what I think is important to keep in mind as well with the Boston Red Sox is just what they're getting out there in that middle of the lineup. Now, I think that we both agree they could use a little bit more of the ancillary bats to be able to pick it up, but I just can't remember ever seeing a trio quite quite like we've seen with Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, and J.D. Martinez. All these guys entering into Friday, hitting at least a 329. Now, among the players that have been getting regular at-bats, so that takes out guys that have fewer than 20 at-bats. You really don't have anyone else that's hitting above a 246 other than Christian Vasquez, but... I mean, when you take a look at that big giant trio, how impressed have you been by it this season? Because I just can't remember a time in which we've seen a trio like this hitting this good for this long. It's so much fun. And I would not want to be an opposing pitcher with those three set to come up and I have to face them. No, thank you. I'd rather just walk them all at that point. And I know that Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers are really getting the headlines for several reasons. And J.D. Martinez is quietly having a very successful season. He's also in a contract year. He is a little older. He is 35, so he does want to get probably one more, even if it's a two-year deal, a little bit more money. And he's certainly hitting like he wants that big money contract before he either goes year to year or maybe retires from MLB. But going into Wednesday's game, I think it was, he raised his OPS to 999. And I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen this from J.D. Martinez, from this Red Sox trio, or from a trio in general. It's just, it's so consistent. It's on a nightly basis. Much like I said about the Yankees, they're not really showing any signs of slowing down. Endeavors did get hit in the elbow on Thursday. He did stay in the game, but you just look at what these guys are doing. Their swings are so smooth, so effortless, and they're just driving the ball. These aren't like little baby home runs or little baby hits. These are home runs that are going very far and they're making very solid contact with that baseball. Yep. I have been just so impressed by what we've seen out of that trio. It's in my opinion, the best of baseball that's saying something because you've got Anthony Rizzo and Aaron judge who going into Friday have a combined 40 home runs to put this into perspective. The Detroit Tigers have 31 home runs in 62 <laughs> games as far as the season, which that in and of itself is a big giant issue as, we do have Lauren Campbell joining me on the podcast. And Lauren, just taking a look forward for the Boston Red Sox because currently they're in a series with the St. Louis Cardinals. No question, this is going to be a little bit of a tough one. And coming up towards the end of the month, they are going to have the Guardians and they're going to have the Toronto Blue Jays. I believe that both of those are on the road. But you do notice that as the season goes along, it is going to be a case which Boston Red Sox are going to be catching, I would say, a few more breaks when it comes to August into September a little bit more. How important do you think it is for the Red Sox just over the next, 
we're going to call it month up until the all-star break for them to just be able to tread water. Because I do take a look at this Red Sox team and they certainly do have one of the toughest schedules in all of baseball, but it is a schedule to where I feel like if they could just tread water right now, they've got a chance of being that team that winds up being able to make a boom towards the end of the season if they could just keep themselves in it to this point. Yeah, you nailed it. I think that I obviously want them to play more than 500 baseball for the next month or month and a half going into the All-Star break, but you really take what you can get. You have the injuries to Evaldi and Whitlock. You have Chris Sale coming back. Things are going well for the most part for the Red Sox, and you really just don't want to mess with that right now. You want to hope everyone is healthy going into the All-Star break. Hopefully no more COVID, hopefully Christian Arroyo is the the last. Uh, there's no not going to be an outbreak or anything. So you just hope that they're healthy and you hope that they do play that 500 baseball. I think it is a very tough schedule. It will be a lot of big tests coming up for them, but they do have the roster and they clearly have the pitching to be able to do this and to do just, just play the 500 baseball, but they're capable of doing so much more than that. And we've seen that they went on a nice eight and two West Coast road trip. They won the series against the A's, even though they didn't sweep the series, but they have still have a lot of momentum on their side going into Friday's series with the Cardinals and the Cardinals, as good as they are at home at 21 and 13, they're 16 and 15 on the road. So the Red Sox really need to take advantage of that and get that record for the Cardinals below 500. And taking a look at the month of September, to my point about things getting easier as the season goes along and the month of September, 16 games against the Reds, Royals, Orioles, and Texas Rangers. So that'll certainly be a time to feast for the Boston Red Sox. Meanwhile, here in the month of June, they wind up getting Cardinals, who they have had a good surprise out there in the National League. They're going to have the Guardians and the Blue Jays on the road to wrap up June. So certainly not necessarily the easiest of tests, but we have seen the Red Sox playing some great baseball and someone that is great that covers the team. That'd be you, Lauren. You do a great job with the Lockdown Red Sox podcast. You do a great job over there at Nesson and I know you do just a wide variety of things as well. I know that you cover a lot of hockey during the season as well. So let the good people at them know they're able to follow you on social media and just everything that you've got going on in general. Yeah, thanks so much. You can find me on Twitter, la 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 Lauren, three las Lauren with four R's. Nesson.com is all where all of my written work is, as well as our podcast with the Nesson Bruins pod, Locked on Red Sox, Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcast. And the Snipe and Selly hockey pod that we talk once a week about all the things hockey going on. So yeah, a little bit of everything, wearing a lot of hats and just happy to be covering good teams. And speaking of hockey, the Stanley Cup final right now going on as well. Never gets any better than playoff hockey. It is always so exciting. So that is certainly something to tune in for. And Lauren, I know that she's doing a great job covering all things hockey. She does a tremendous job covering the Boston Red Sox and about it on the podcast today. So big thanks to Lauren for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, 
but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here at lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Easton Family, a podcast. Great to get Lauren Campbell and I will do my best on the Twitter handle to try to say it as it's meant to be said. At la 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 Lauren joining me on the show. She did an absolutely terrific job taking a look at the Boston Red Sox, taking a little bit of a look as to what we're all getting out there in the 
AL East in general. She does a great job as well when it comes to her hockey coverage over there at Nesson, the Locked On Red Sox podcast. You're able to find that wherever you get this podcast as well. So great to have her aboard today. And now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at Janet underscore D1. Going to be going in the Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom, so that'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. And we are going to be beginning with this first Ashley game. That would be 951-952 on the betting board. Not going to find a total on this game since it's a Wrigley Field game between the Atlanta Braves and the Chicago Cubs. We're going to find out a little bit more about the total as books wind up putting this up in the very early AM with the wind situation, but we do know that Kyle Wright goes for the Braves and Justin Steele on the bump for the Cubs and Cubs are anywhere between plus 140 and plus 150 underdogs and when it comes to the Braves, you're going to be finding them right in the neighborhood of about a minus 165 on the money line. As a result of not having totals, we also do not wind up having a run line. But right now, I am seeing the wind blowing in pretty similar to yesterday. Seems like it might be a little bit more tepid, more like 8 to 10 mile per hour winds rather than more like 10 to 12 mile per hour winds like we wind up having yesterday. But a relatively similar situation, which means I'm setting my total relatively the same as yesterday. Eight or less, I'm going to be looking at an over eight and a half higher to the under end. I did wind up making the Braves minus 166 on the money line. Would be willing to lay up to a minus 112 when it comes to the minus one and a half run line with the Braves. They did wind up having their 14 game win streak snapped, and I think that they're going to be able to start a new one here in this one because you do have Kai Wright on the mound who has been able to do a really good job for this team. His strikeouts per nine rate. As in the neighborhood of 10, he's given up four home runs this far this season. Walks per nine, also hovering right in the neighborhood of about three, with opponents hitting a buck 95 off of him. He has been terrific, both at home and on the road. Now, the road splits are a little bit of a small sample size, just four starts, but buck 96 ERA with just one home run surrendered. So he has been terrific there. And for Justin Seal, walks are an issue for him. He's given up right around 4.4 walks per nine innings. Now, I will say this. Last two starts, a combined two earned runs given up over the course of 14 innings. Both of those were home starts, and he's been much better at Wrigley Field than he's been on the road. 70 area on the road, 326 home area with just one home run given up in 38 and two-thirds innings at Wrigley Field. I think that it's been a little bit of a matter of luck. He has been able to get right around eight strikeouts per nine innings, but also allows opponents hit a little bit over a 250 and. I do not see the Braves getting shut out in back-to-back days. You've got a lot of guys that have been able to do just a terrific job in general of being able to get on base. Now, if you take a look at the splits for this month, here in the month of June, this team has been absolutely on fire as this is a team that as a collective for the month are hitting at 292 with 35 home runs in 14 games. you got to figure that that's going to regress a little bit. If you take a little bit more of a look for the season, you got Tansy Swanson hitting right around at 290 for this bunch. And you got Michael Harris uh, second along with Orlando Arcia. The two understudies come in, and both of these guys have been hitting above a three, and that's been terrific. William Contreras under the radar. Nine home runs and 90 at-bats. He's been able to about a 285. Ronald Cunha Jr. right around at 380 on base. He's got good pop in the bat. Austin Riley, 18 home runs for the C. Marcelo Zuna. 12 bombs, only in about a 230, but you've got a team that has Matt Olson being able to give you a 350 on base as well. And for the Chicago Cubs, they're able to get on base. They don't necessarily have ideal power as you do have Wilson Contreras and Patrick Wisdom both being able to give you 12 home runs, but with Wisdom, his strikeouts per bat rate is pretty much high, so you're going to find out there in the big leagues that it's not been great on that front. You do have Ian Apple who's been able to get on base. 
He, along with Wilson Contreras, between a 380 and a 395 on base. You've also been able to have Rafael Ortega give you right around a 350 on base, along with the young gun in Christopher Morel. Morel's been able to give you five home runs at the leadoff spot, so these guys have been terrific. But that said, this is also a Chicago Cubs bullpen that has been one of the worst in the big leagues over the last 35 days. I mean, Rowan Wick now has an ERA that's approaching five. You have not been able to get a lot out of Michael Givens recently. David Robertson has been very good for the team, but he's really been your only trustworthy guy on the bullpen recently. And for the Atlanta Braves, you did wind up using up A.J. Minter yesterday, but you still have a lot of guys that are in the fold, even with Tyler Mazzik out of the fold. You've got Dylan Lee, sub-2 ERA. Darren O'Day has been a little bit up and down this season, but Asus Cruz, to my surprise, he's got a sub-2 ERA, so he's been able to do a good job with his Braves team. So as a result, did wind up saying the Braves minus 166 on the money line. So and just the money line, I'd be willing to take it. I would rather take a run line, and I'm willing to lay up to a minus 112 there. And Andrew Lust looking over 8.5 higher to the under. 953-954 on the betting board. You've got the San Francisco Giants in the road facing off against the Pittsburgh Pirates as it is Jose Quitano who's going to be going for the Pirates. Right now, the betting board reads to be determined, which is why this is off the board. I've got projected Alex Wood for the San Francisco Giants, and if it is Wood versus Quitana, I'd be saying the Giants minus 158 on the money line. I would need at least a plus 110 to lay the run and half on a run line, and 7.5 or less, I'd be looking over 8 or higher to the under. Jose Quitana has actually been quite good for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Last few starts have been a little bit shaky, but at home, 7 home starts for Jose Quitana, 288 ERA, giving up 2 home runs in 34 and 2 thirds innings. Walks can sometimes be a little bit of an issue for him, a little bit over 3 walks per 9 innings. He's getting right around 7 after 8 strikeouts per 9 innings, so he's been able to do a relatively solid job for the team. And then for Alex Wood, doesn't necessarily give out a lot of free passes, right around 2.5 walks per 9 innings. The big thing for him is that he's just giving up a lot of general contact, a little bit over 9 hits per 9 innings. Overall, opponents are in at 266 off of him, 5 home runs in 61 and a third innings. That's pretty manageable. And he does have an ERA that's a little bit better on the road than at home for 40 home ERA. 382 road ERA in for the San Francisco Giants. They do a very good job with regards to their platoon splits. Just knowing the righty-lefty matchups in general as you've been able to have Jack Peterson really be able to do a solid job going deep for this team. Hitting at 270, he's been able to supply the boom with 13-plus home runs for this team. Evan Longoria is now back to fold along with Tommy LaSalle. Very guys I want to miss in quite a bit of the season. Thario Estrada along with Mr. Jack Peterson and Mikey Stramski all hitting right around a 270 and then you've had Luis Gonzalez and Austin wins both at above a 300 for Gonzalez. He winds going deep yesterday so that has been good for this team and for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Do have a couple guys getting on base for you. Brian Reynolds over the last 30 days has really been able to catch a little bit of fire in this time span, he's been hitting right around a 325 with seven home runs. So he has looked absolutely tremendous. Cabrian Ace, he's hitting a 270 as well. But you do have some, shall we say, less than trustworthy bats. Yu Chang, Jax Wazniski, Diego Castillo. You're able to throw in there the catcher in Tyler Heineman. These guys have just not been good for the team. And General Cal Mitchell broke up that no-hitter of Miles Michaelis. He's still hitting just a 222. Daniel Vogelback has really regressed. And for the Pirates, this has been a squad that has really relied upon the bullpen to be able to get wins. As a matter of fact, I believe that now all but four of the wins have come out of the bullpen. And they entered into Friday with 25 of them, even though you don't necessarily have too many great bullpen pieces. David Benar has been absolutely terrific for the team. A sub-1-5 ERA. And Tyler Beattie formed himself as a relatively solid 
long guy as well, but Chris Strain is north of a 5 year Anthony Banda right now, a 7.50 ERA of long Heath Embry, and then for the San Francisco Giants, after they had the lone sub-3 bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues, they struggled this season without Buster Posey, but Jarlon Garcia, Camilio Duvall, they've been able to do a solid job. Jake McGee was a little bit banged up since coming off the injured list. He's looked a little bit better. John Brebbia has been able to give you some good innings. Zach Liddell is always someone that I've been relatively high on. I do think that he's going to be able to figure things out and has been able to recently. So I do take a look at this spot. Want to make in the Giants minus 158 on the money line. I would need at least a plus 110 to be able to take them on the run line and 7.5 or less looking over 8 or higher to the under. 955-956 on the bang board. The Miami Marlins hit the red faceoff against the New York Metropolitans. Taiwan Walker is going to be going for the Mets and Braxton Garrett is going to be on the bump for Miami. Miami's between plus 175 and plus 180 underdogs. And for the Mets, you're laying anywhere between minus 190 and minus 210. Enough is your total over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. And to take a run line with the Mets, find that anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115. This is a spot in which I would be able to take a plus 110 to a plus 115 on the run line, but I needed at least a plus 175 to take a shot on the Miami Marlins. So I see a little bit of an edge both ways. And I would rather take the plus price with the Miami Marlins. I recognize that this is a Mets team that they are really rocking and rolling. They were able to get to Mr. Pablo Lopez yesterday, but with that said, you do take a look at this Miami Marlins team, and you do have a little bit of firepower when it comes to this lineup. Jazz Chisholm has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. He's sitting right around at 245 for this team. John Birdie has been able to get on base consistently. Williams, Asadio, along Garrett Cooper, both hitting above a 290. You do have some struggling bats like a Avicio Garcia, Miguel Rojas, Ore Soler. These guys in between about a 215 to a 230, but Soler, double-digit amount of homers for this bunch. And for the Mets, they currently lead the league in batting average. And as a matter of fact, you take a look at their starting lineup yesterday, you wound up having one guy hitting below a 245, and that would be Thomas Nito right around a 239. So, I mean, this team has been able to do a solid job there, but the bullpen is a little bit shaky, really on both sides, because, I mean, Lewis had entered into the month with a 1-1-2 ERA. It is now north of 7. That is not too terrific. Tanner Scott, Cole Solzer, who came over from Baltimore, have not been great, but Anthony Bass has done a solid job being able to lock down for this team, and they have to go up against guys like Pete Alonso, who have 18 home runs thus far this season. Francisco Lindor wound up going deep yesterday, but you do take a look at this Mets bullpen, and got a little bit of shakiness there. Julie Rodriguez has not necessarily been overly terrific for this team, along Jason Shreve. Both of these guys north of a 4 ERA at a Ottavino has been a little bit up and down as well. They're needing innings out, out of Tommy Hunter as well, so it's a little bit less than ideal, and you do take a look at Taiwan Walker, and he certainly had his ups and his downs last season, and thus far this season, ever since he wanted coming off of injury, he's looked relatively solid, giving up to three home runs over the course of 52 and two-thirds innings, but he's not getting a lot of strikeouts, and I think that he's doing for a little bit of regression. Right around six punch outs per nine innings. He's only made three home starts. He has given up five runs over the course of 15 innings. Nothing great, nothing terrible, but opponents overall, they're hitting a two 50 off of him. He's been able to keep the walks down to right around about 2.8-ish per nine innings. And then you do take a look at Braxton Garrett. And just throughout his career in general has been a little bit of a hot and cold guy himself. He wanted getting a couple starts in both 2020 and 2021 right around a 5-ish career ERA with the big bugaboo for him, in my opinion, being walks right around 5 walks per nine innings. But he's been able to do a better job with command this season. Just nine innings at the big league level thus far this season. But 10 strikeouts look very solid at the minor league level. And I do think that he's going to be able to get enough offense 
to be able to back him up, to be able to help him out in this spot. Do you mind saying my total in 8.4? Walker is able to keep the ball in the yard, but I think that Braxton Garrett showing better command. That is going to be big for the Miami Marlins, and I'm willing to take the Marlins on this plus price. So looking at an under and looking at the fish, 957, 958 on the bang board. The Milwaukee Brewers hit the road face off against the Cincinnati Reds. We are in Cincinnati, and they're on to Graham Ashcraft getting the start for them, and Jason Alexander, no, not the former comedian, going to be going for the Brewers. Brewers are a slight underdog, which I do find comedic. Anywhere between minus 105 and plus 108. Meanwhile, with Cincinnati, you're going to be finding them in between minus 113 and minus 120. 9-9.5 is your total on the 9.5. Under is minus 120. The over is even. On the 9, over and under are both at minus 110. And when it comes to the crew, wound up pretty much flipping this. I made them a minus 113 favorite with Jason Alexander. He has come in and pretty much held down the fort. And you're legitimately able to say this for both guys. Neither Ashcraft nor Alexander have been able to get a lot of strikeouts. Alexander, right around four strikeouts per nine innings. Graham Ashcraft, four and a half strikeouts per nine innings. So, I mean, these guys are not putting out a punch-out display. Ashcraft has been a little bit better with his command. He's been giving up one and a half to two walks per nine innings, so he's been solid with that regard. But both of these guys in a little bit north of 40 innings. They've given up a combined two home runs, zero given up by Alexander. So, both of these guys have been pitch-to-contact guys. Both of these guys have been relatively steady. Now, Alexander giving up right around 4.4 walks per nine innings. That's not necessarily ideal, but you do take a look at it, and I did think that we're going to see some runs here. I want to say my total at a 9.8 because, I mean, you've got a Brewers team that you've got a trio of guys with a double-digit amount of formers. Rowdy Tellez, along with Willie Adamas and Hunter Renfro, they all entered into Friday with between 10 and 11 home runs. You take a look at the flip side for the Cincinnati Reds, a team that at home, they're hitting nearly a 270 as a collective entering into the series as you got Mark Reynolds hitting about a 270 ever since he wanted coming off of the COVID IL, wound up getting the day off yesterday, but Joey Votto, foreigner on base, Jonathan India is now back in the fold for the scene, Brandon Drury, he's been able to about a 270, he's been able to go deep 13 times thus far, Tommy Pham has been able to give you right around a 345 on base, Albert Amora Jr. has been solid now with the Brewers, they only wound up having one guy in the starting lineup hitting above a 260, and that would be Omar Narvaez, sort of an off and on catcher for this team, and with the Brewers, you do want to be noting that Josh Hader has been on the paternity list. He wound up having the birth of a child, so congratulations to him on that, but still have Devin Williams out there in the fold, and Silver Reds bullpen that is dead last with regards to bullpen ERA. Art Warren, Tony Santian, Hunter Strickland, these guys are not getting the job done. Alexis Diaz, really the best bullpen piece north of a four ERA over the last three days. That has hurt them, and for the Brewers, I mean, now they've got Chi-Chi Gonzalez in there, Trevor Kelly, they're not necessarily too trustworthy, but Brad Boxberger has been able to do a solid job, and Hobie Milner right around 230 ERA out there in the bullpen as well, so I do think that you're going to be seeing quite a few runs in this game. I did wind up saying my total as a result at a 9.8. So here at the 9, looking over, and I think that the Brewers, despite the fact that they are trotting out there, Mr. Jason Alexander, they just still have a little bit more firepower in general. And with the Reds having the worst bullpen area out there in the big leagues, hard to trust in them. Going to be taking the Brewers, and I'm going to be taking a look at the over 959-960 on the bang board. The Washington Nationals playoffs to the Philadelphia Phillies. Aaron Supernola is going to be going for the Phillies, and Josiah Gray is going to be on the bump for Washington. Washington is finding themselves as a very sizable underdog. Anywhere between plus $2 and seeing a size of plus $2.10. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Phillies, it's anywhere between minus $2.25 and minus $2.30. Nine is your total, and this is all over the place. The under is anywhere between minus $105 and minus $135, and the over, you're finding it anywhere between minus $105 and a plus $115, which I can't remember the last time I wound up seeing that. I set my total at 8.2, so I'm going to be taking a look at the under, almost out of principle, though. You might want to take a look at being able to get plus 115 juice at DraftKings over, because that is ridiculous. I'm seeing everywhere else the under juice between, like, minus 110 to a minus 115, so... 
there's an outlier there. I'm in Las Vegas. I cannot take advantage of this personally, but do you think that that's always very intriguing when you wind up seeing big differences in juice when it comes to the totals like that? But that said, I did wind up saying the Washington Nationals as an underdog, more in the pocket of about a plus 170. So I'm going to be willing to take a shot here with Aaron Nola. Throughout his career, he's always been worse on the road than he has been at home. Now, to the credit of Aaron Nola, he's actually been quite good on the road thus far this season. A 270 road ERA deserves better than a 2-3 and three record for that. He's given up three home runs in 40 innings. Opponents overall hitting a 207 off of him. And overall, for Aaron Nola, he's getting right around 10 and a half strikeouts per nine innings. He's really put together a nice year. Right around 1.1 walks per nine innings as well. But Josiah Gray, he's been able to do a solid job. We'll be able to get swings and misses himself. 10 strikeouts per nine innings. Now, the big thing that he needs to drop, in my opinion, is the walks. He's giving up right in the neighborhood about 4.2 walks per nine innings. And his home and road splits are just all over the place. He is 4-0 on the road with a buck 89 ERA, 7-14 ERA at home. And he's posted up a 2-4 record, giving up 10 home runs at 29 innings. So I think that he's doing for a little bit of negative regression on the road and a positive progression at home. And you do take a look at this Washington National team, and this is a bunch that they're in the top seven with regards to batting average in the league. You've got a lot of guys that have been able to get on base. Josh Bell hitting nearly a 300 for the team. It's been a tough year for Juan Soto. He's only hitting right around a 220, but with that said, he still has been able to give the team a little bit of power. He's been able to belt out 13 home runs, and then you take a look at some of the ancillary guys. Keybet Ruiz, Mikel Franco, Yadiel, Cercer, Hernandez, all these guys have been able to do a solid job hitting between, I would say, about a 255 to a 265. Nelson Cruz, who's been hitting above a 300 in that fold as well. Victor Robles has been able to pick it up. Luis Garcia's hitting above a 300. And heck, Lane Thomas. He's been hitting well above a 300 over the last three weeks. He wound up having that three-home run game. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, no shortage of firepower when it comes to this lineup as well. Odubo Herrera, Alec Bohm, along Nick Cassianos, all these guys have really been able to hit between about a 260 to a 265. Reese Hoskins, Yohan Camargo have been able to do a solid job of getting on base as well with Hoskins. He's been able to go deep now 13 times thus far this season. You take a look at what he's been able to do over the last 15 days. He's hitting above a 350. Bryce Harper, he and Kyle Schwarber, a combined 31 home runs. Schwarber only hitting about a 213, but at 340 on base. Harper, he's been able to hit for above a 300 as well. Both of these bullpens do have their trials and tribulations, though. Both of these teams had to dive quite far into their bullpen yesterday, given the doubleheader as Brad Hand wound up getting used up along Corey Knable, so that's not necessarily too terrific. Connor Brogdon is actually something I do like. He wound up throwing 18 pitches in Game 1, and for the Washington Nationals, I mean, they wound up having to use up Kyle Finnegan, who's actually one of your more trustworthy guys. And take a look at some of the guys that you wind up having out there. Victor Rano has been injured for this team. That's not necessarily been so great. Carl Woods Jr. has actually been okay, but when you're relying upon guys like Reed Garrett, Francisco Perez to be able to bail you out, it's not necessarily too terrific either, but with that said, I feel like just Gray starting to put it together, and with Aaron Nola having throughout his career in ERA a full point worse on the road than at home, I do think that this is a good time to be able to find a little bit of value here on the Washington Nationals. I'm going to be taking them with a plus price. I think that Gray is going to be able to keep the ball in the yard, and Nola, he's been relatively solid all season long, and I think that he's going to continue to be semi-total a little bit north of 8 and 8.2, so looking at the 9-under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Washington Nationals, 961-962 on the bank board, the Colorado Rockies. They play host to the San Diego Padres. This is Nick Martinez. This is going to be going for the pods, and Ramon Marquez is going to be on the bump for Colorado. Your total on this game, in between 11 and 11.5 on the 11, over and under, anywhere between minus 105, minus 115 on the 11.5, under is anywhere between minus 120, minus 125, the over is anywhere between even a plus 105, and with the pods, you're going to be finding them in between minus 133 and minus 141, and when it comes to Colorado, you're going to be finding them in between plus 115 and plus 131, and when it comes to this spot, wind up setting the Rockies at a plus 127, 
seeing the little bit north of plus 130 that I am right now, I'm going to be willing to take a shot on Colorado now. For Irma Marquez, it has been a no good, very bad, rotten season. He has given up at least three runs in all but two of his starts thus far this season. But you've also got Nick Martinez, who he hasn't been necessarily too terrific either. You take a look at what he's been able to do, and he's come over from the Nippon Baseball League, where he was pitching out there in Japan, and he's been okay, 374 ERA, giving up a little bit too much of the deep ball, right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings, and the walks per nine rate being a little bit north of four, that is an issue. He actually has a better road ERA than a home ERA, three ERA on the road, 431 at home, but now he has to pitch at Coors Field, and that is very, very tough, especially for a guy that is allowing opponents to hit right around to 250 off of him, and for the Colorado Rockies, it's been a no good, very bad, terrible bullpen for the team, as they are currently second worst in the league in terms of bullpen ERA, and now they're going to be without Tyler Kinley for the rest of the season, but you do take a look at some of these splits, and you got something like a Robert Stevenson, who has been absolutely terrible on the road, but at home, his ERA drops by about two and a half points. Lucas Gilbreth, he overall for this season has right around a five-ish ERA. His ERA at home, sub three, so that is going to play into their advantage even when you do have guys like Carlos Aceves out there. Daniel Pardo has been able to do a solid job, and then you take a look at the Pittsburgh Pirates and got some good long relief in Nabel Christmas for the team, but Tim Hill, he's been all over the place north of a five ERA thus far this season. Taylor Rogers has been a relatively reliable closer for the team, but Craig Stammen, he's got right around a three-six ERA. Stephen Wilson, he's been a little bit up and down as well, and for the San Diego Padres, it's been a little bit of a just top-heavy lineup in general for this team. Manny Machado, he's hitting right around 325. He's been able to belt out 11 home runs, and Jake Cronenworth and Jerickson Profar, both of these guys are picking it up. These two guys couple with Jose Ozucar, they're hitting between about a 240 to a 255 with Cronenworth, and has been able to give the team three home runs over the last 14 days, so maybe they will pick it up a little bit. Eric Hosmer, hitting just below 300, has been rock solid for the team as well, but you do take a look at the Colorado Rockies as a collective. They're hitting right around at 275 at home, and you've got a lot of guys that have been just so much better at home rather than on the road. I believe that Brendan Rodgers has hit all of his home runs at home. I mean, C.J. Crone, he's the ultimate man when it comes to home and road splits. This is a man that on the road thus far this season. He's been hitting right in the neighborhood about a 219 at home, 341 with 10 out of his 14 home runs coming at Coors Field. Randall Gritchick has been able to do a good job of being reach base. He and Brendan Rodgers along Charlie Blackman in between about a 250 through 260. So I do think that Colorado should be a little bit of an underdog in this spot, but I do think that the bats are going to be able to get going. They've got one of the most distinct home field advantages out there in baseball as well. So I'm willing to nibble anything north of a plus 127. We'll take a shot here on the Colorado Rockies. And I do think that Irma Marquez, someone who throughout his career has actually been halfway decent, has just been having a very, very terrible year with all the runs that he's given up currently, a 6.09 ERA. He's going to be able to lock it in. You take a look at what he wound up doing last season at home. This year, it's a 6.64 ERA for him. But you go back to 2021. I'm not saying it was great, but a 367 home ERA, giving up nine home runs in 103 innings at home. Thus far this season, he has given up 11 bombs in 39 in the third innings at home. you got to feel like there's going to be a little bit of positive progression there. So, looking at the Rockies, and I'm going to be looking at the 11 over at 11.5. I'd be looking under, but right now I'm seeing all 11s for me, and I'm willing to take that over. 963, 964 on the bang board. The Toronto Blue Jays are going to be playing us to the New York Yankees. That's Jamin Satayan is going to be on the bump for the Yankees, and Alec Manoa is going to be on the bump for Toronto. Toronto is anywhere between a minus 119 
and a minus 128 favorite. Meanwhile, with the Yankees, it's anywhere between even money and plus 118. And your total on this game it is anywhere between 8 and 8.5 on the 8. Over is minus 115. And the under is minus 105 on the 8.5. Under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even and minus 105. And when it comes to the Yankees, I needed at least a plus 120 to be able to nibble here. You wind up seeing the Blue Jays open up right around minus 130. The action has come into where it's a little bit more palatable. I was willing to lay up to a minus 122 on them, seeing a lot of minus 120, so I'm going to be willing to trust in Alec Manoa. If you right now take a look at the American League Cy Young race, I don't know if I would have Alec Manoa at number one, but Manoa, what this guy is certainly in the top five, and he has been able to just sling some tremendous innings. Even if you go back to last season, in the games actually played in Toronto because he wound up starting a few games in Buffalo, New York. He has a sub-2 ERA for his career in Toronto, and thus far this season, he's given up five home runs in 75 and two-thirds innings. His strikeout numbers are a little bit down from last season. He's only getting right around eight strikeouts per nine innings after he had a double-digit amount of punch outs per nine innings last year, but buck 55 home area with a 5-0 record in six starts at home this season with opponents hitting a buck 71 off of him. This guy has been flat-out terrific, and I mean, Jamison Dion, to his credit, this guy's really been able to put it together this year as well. Last year, he was terrible on the road, and thus far this season, 325 road ERA, 270 home ERA. He's been able to do a nice job of being able to even it out. He has given up six home runs over the course of 67 and two-thirds innings, so he's been able to do a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, and this is a man that's giving up a little bit under a walk per nine innings. He has given up seven walks in 67 and two-thirds innings, so his command has been pinpointed, and when it comes to the offense that backs him up, yeah, it is pretty good with the New York Yankees as Anthony Rizzo, Aaron Judge, Entering into what we wound up getting on Friday, these two guys by themselves had 10 more home runs than the Detroit Tigers. Now, that speaks to how sad the Detroit Tigers have been thus far this season, but an Aaron Judge, 25 home runs, hitting above a three. And Rizzo's only in a 225, but 16 bombs entering into what we wound up seeing yesterday. He's been rock solid. Then you've got DJ LeMahieu, Glaber Torres, John Carlos Saint, and Isaiah Caner Falefa, owing it right around a 250 to a 270. So these guys have been able to get on Joey Gallison for a rough year, but past that, it's been a fearsome lineup. And the Blue Jays, maybe they'll pick it up. Going into yesterday, four plus runs in 13 out of their last 16 games. As you've had George Springer, Vlad Guerrero Jr., both hitting right in the neighborhood about a 270, 12 home runs. For Springer, Vladdy has been able to go deep 16 times. Alejandro Kirk, I still think there's going to be a little bit of regression here from his 400 on base, but he has been terrific. And Teoscar Hernandez, after he was banged up, got off to a really rough start to the season. Take a look at him over the last 15 days. He's hitting at 340, so he's been able to bust out of his funk. You've also had Lourdes Gurriel being able to get on base with a 275. And for the Blue Jays, the big trepidation that you do wind up having with this team is the bullpen, but Alec Manoa, he's able to go six strong consistently, so that'll take it out of the equation a little bit. Adam Simber, Tim Mesa, both of these guys have ERAs that are hovering right around two, and Yimi Garcia. He had himself a relatively rough start to the season. They wind up giving up a few runs and a few recent appearances, but he's been able to pick it up a tad as well. And for the Yankees, you have Clay Holmes, who has been one of the biggest godsends for the team. I mean, a 0-29 ERA going into Friday. He's been absolutely tremendous for this bunch. You've had Michael King be able to lend some long relief. Clark Schmidt wound up getting the start a few days ago, so he might be out of the fold. And Chad Green, him being out due to Tommy John surgery, that does wind up hurting them, but even Manny Penuelos has been a very solid long guy. Wani Peralta, buck 50 ERA, so I mean, these are two teams that are really slinging it. 
I love both of these starters. I recognize that the Yankees have a lot of firepower when it comes to this lineup, but I did wind up saying this total at an 8.3. I think that both of these starters are going to be able to deliver a good start. So here at an 8.5, I'm looking at the under. And with the Blue Jays, I'm going to lay the minus 120 that I'm seeing right now. So I'm looking at the Jays, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under as we go to 965-966 on the betting board. You've got the Tampa Bay Rays. They're on the road facing off against the Baltimore Orioles. Kyle Baradish is going to be going for the Orioles, and Jeffrey Springs is going to be on the bump for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a sizable favorite anywhere between minus 163 and minus 174 with Baltimore. Going to be getting them between plus 140 and plus 162. 8.5 is your total. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even and minus 110. And when it comes to this race team, it's not the minus 162 on the money line. So we're starting to get into the strike point that I'm looking at with regards to the Orioles. If you're looking at the run line of the Tampa Bay race, you're finding it a plus one. 10 to a plus 120. I was willing to lay a small price. So with the Orioles, the plus 162, that is the absolute minimum that I would need to take there. But I've got a much bigger differential on the run line of the race. And the Rays have just flat out owned the Baltimore Orioles throughout the years. I recognize that what we wanted to see on Friday wasn't necessarily too tremendous from the race. But I absolutely love the way that Jeffrey Springs is rolling. So I'm willing to take the run line of the Tampa Bay Rays getting a plus price. Now, I do recognize that the race, they haven't been able to generate a lot of power. And it's been a very top-heavy lineup as... You've got Yandy Diaz, G-Man Choi, both giving you an on-base percentage north of a 380. Radio Rosarena is hitting a 260. Harold Ramirez right around 285. And then you've got guys like Vidal Brujan, Brett Phillips, Isaac Paredes, Tyler Walls hitting a 200 or lower for the team. And Mike Zanino has just not been able to find it this year with regards to power. But you got to love what the Tampa Bay Rays team is able to do with their bullpen. And they're going to be able to, in my opinion, hold down a Baltimore team that they just have not necessarily been that great at being able to put up runs on the board at home. You can tell that the new ballpark dimensions, they don't wind up just hurting other teams. They've actually wound up hurting the Baltimore Orioles themselves. Now, you do have guys that are able to get on base. Tree Boom, Boom, Mancini, and Austin Ace. They're in between about a 285 to a 295, but Renato Dora, Tyler Nevin, Ore Mateo, Edley Rushman, these guys are hitting a 215 or lower. I will say for Mateo, good guy at being able to get stolen bases, someone that's tremendous out there in the field, and Rushman, he's been able to pick it up in recent days, and Renato Dora has been able to give you a couple home runs as well, but you take a look at this team going into what we wound up seeing on Friday, and they're running about a 229 as a collective at home. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Rays, they average a little bit more than half a run per game, more on the road than they do at home. So I do take a look at that being a big thing. Shane Paz was able to give the team six innings. So you've got a relatively rested bullpen with Jason Adam currently providing a sub buck 50 ERA. Jalen Beeks might be able to come back for this one. He's been able to do a very good job with his sub two ERA. Ralph Garza Jr. is someone that is able to be utilized as a long guy. And for Jeffrey Springs, he's got an ERA that overall for the season, because he began the season out there in the bullpen at a buck 45 and his ERA as a starter is right around two. He's given up one home run per nine innings. His walks per nine rate right around about a 2.1. Strikeouts per nine is nine. This guy has been very tremendous and for Kyle Bradish he's now given up at least five runs in four out of his last six starts. He's been giving up a little bit over two home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is north of a three and a half at home. 590 ERA, nine ERA on the road so I mean, he's a little bit better at home but I mean, he's given up eight home runs in 29 innings at Camden Yard. So, it's far from great now with the Baltimore Orioles. This bullpen has been absolutely tremendous. You've got four different relievers that are currently providing a sub-2 ERA as you've got Ode Lopez, Nick Vespi, along with Dylan Tate, Felix Batista, all in that fold and Cienal Perez as well. So, you technically have five. Joey Kreeble, whenever he's been out there, he's been a little bit banged up. He's also been able to give you some good innings. Got to figure that he's going to be out of the fold for a little bit more for this Orioles scene, but they've still been able to mix and match quite well. But, 
Even with the Rays having a little bit of a tough time on offense, I do think that they're going to be able to get to Bradish, and I think that Springs is going to be just continuing to spring into victories. This is a spot where I see the Baltimore Orioles starting to get a little bit more seen, but getting that plus price on the run line with the Tampa Bay Rays, it is calling my name. I'm going to be taking a look at the Rays on the run line. So my total is 7.9, so here at the 8.5, also going to be taking a look at the under along with that Rays run line. 9.67, 9.68 on the betting board. The Kansas City Royals are going to be on the road facing off against the Oakland A's. We know that it's going to be Cole Irvin going for the A's and the Royals have just been doing the funky bunch when it comes to their rotation as we had no idea it was going to be trotting out there 24 hours ago for this team. It's looking like it's going to be Brad Keller but they have been not announcing their starters so this is a reason why this game is off the board but I'm figuring it's going to be Brad Keller and if we get Keller versus Irvin want to make in the A's minus 132 on the money line and with regards to the total 7.5 or less we'll be looking at an over 8 or higher to the under. When it comes to Brad Keller. He always throughout his career has had a little bit of a tough time on the road than he has at home, and this year has been no exception. Currently 1-8, so he's leading the American League in losses. 6-26 ERA on the road. He's given up 5 home runs and 27 and a third innings on the road, and this is going to be a day game out there in Oakland. 1.07 p.m. Pacific time. Oakland, as we know, during the nighttime, it winds up having the marine layer, which makes it very, very pitcher-friendly. During the daytime, it's a little bit more hitter-friendly, and Corvin is a pitch-to-contact guy. He has been giving up right around 1.2 home runs per 9 innings, has not been terrible, it's not been great. 334 ERA, but at home, in his five starts, 161 ERA. Has he had to give up a home run now? A lot of these starts they have come during the nighttime, so that's a little bit of a disclaimer there. Not much of a strikeout guy, right around five and a half punch outs per nine innings, and the bullpen behind him, it's been starting to flail a little bit. Danny Jimenez, he's now up to north of a four ERA, but you've had A.J. Puck along Sam Mall be able to provide a sub-two ERA. I mean, Lou Trevino, whenever he's been out there, this guy's been just a gas can. He's got north of a nine ERA. It has been absolutely terrible. To take a look at there, Zach Jackson, a little bit up and down, 355 to ERA, Domingo Acevedo, he's been a little bit up and down, and for the Kansas City Royals, this is a bonafide bullpen in the big league. Scott Barlow has been able to do a very solid job for the team, he's got a sub-2 ERA, they're looking at guys like Daniel Magnet and Matt Peacock for innings at this point. Gabe Spear, he's been able to be solid when he's been out there, but he's been dealing with some injuries. Jose Cuas, jury's out on him, but thus far in a couple of relief appearances, he's been solid. But, I mean, both of these teams, they really lack a lot of firepower when it comes to being able to hit the deep ball. Neither of these teams have a single guy that has been able to hit a double-digit amount of homers thus far this season. Now, the Royals get on base a little bit more with Andrew Benatendi hitting a 3 iron for this team. You've got MJ Melendez, Hunter Dozier, here about throwing there, Bobby Wood Jr., all hitting between about a 245 to a two sixty. Kyle Isabel as well, but I mean, it's been a tough year for Whit Merrifield. He's hitting at 225. I mean, he goes out there day in and day out, but it's been pretty futile. And for the Oakland A's, you're starting to get a few guys being able to get on for you. Ramon Laureano, Chad Pinder, Christian Bethencourt, they're in between about a 245 to 260. But right now, Seth Brown with his eight home runs is leading the way with this team. Matt Davidson is someone that they're looking to for at bats. Christian Pache, he's selling a buck 64. That has been bad. So, I mean, it's really been a couple of grody offenses. It's been a pair of teams that have no bullpen pitching whatsoever, and quite frankly, I just trust in Cole Irvin a little bit more than Brad Keller. I think that's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game once again. That's what we've been seeing from the A's all season long, so I'm taking a look at a 7.5 or less to the over, 8 or higher to the under, and made the A's minus 132 on the money line, 969-970 on the betting board. It's going to be today's daily double as we've got two between the LA Angels and the Seattle Mariners, so we're also going to be doing this along 975-976 just to keep things all easy rather than give you Mike Trout's stats twice at the same time. Plus, in game number two, we have no idea who's starting in this one, so there's no numbers available, but 
for the LA Angels in game number one. We know it's going to be Patrick Sandoval. It looks like it's going to be Chris Flexen for Seattle in game one. In game two, there's no idea who's going to be going. I have projected it to be one Jose Suarez who's going to be going for the Angels and Justice Sheffield who's going to be going for the Mariners. We'll get to that in a minute, but how about if we wind up going with more of the known starters first and with regards to a matchup of Chris Flexen and Patrick Sandoval, wind up setting Sandoval and the Angels a minus 126 favorite with Chris Flexen has been very much a pitcher contact guy, not a guy that's going to wind up blowing you away by any stretch of the imagination as he's getting right around five and a half strikeouts per nine innings. The big thing for him is that his command has been down from last season. Last season, he was giving up a little bit over two walks per nine innings thus far this season. It's a little bit over three walks per nine innings. Opponents are at 275 off of him and at home. 390 home year. He's given up five home runs in 30 innings after he was so good at home last year. So that has been a big time issue. And you take a look at Patrick Sandoval and this guy's been flat out tremendous for this bunch as the Angels are looking for any sort of a bright spot right now, and they've got one in Sandoval, who's given up one home run in 54 innings. Now, I think that that's been a little bit lucky, but he's actually been better on the road than he has been at home. 257 ODRA, three home ERA. He's given up zero home runs thus far on the road in his 21 innings. Opponents overall, they're hitting a 234 off of him. Does need to control the walks right around four and a half walks per nine innings, but he's got good stuff. Nine strikeouts per nine innings, and he quite frankly is backed up by a little bit better lineup as Taylor Ward has been able to give this team a double-digit amount of homers thus far this season. Shoei Otani did wind up getting a little bit of a day off yesterday. you got to figure that he's going to be back in the fold today along with Jared Walsh. Another guy that's hitting a double-digit amount of homers, Walsh and Otani along with Brandon Marsh. They're right around a 247 to a 260. Now, by the fold, guys like Andrew Velasquez, Jack Mayfield, you're able to throw in there Juan Lagares, and then Luis Ranifo. They have not necessarily been able to do a great job at the bottom of it, but certainly do have some mashers in there with Mike Trout giving you 18 home runs entering into yesterday. He has been able to pick it up ever since he was in a little bit of a funk end for the Seattle Mariners. Justin Upton wanted making his season debut yesterday, which if that sounds like a blast from the past, he's now 34 years old, but with that said, for the Seattle Mariners, you've certainly been able to have Julio Rodriguez do a very good job for this team. He's been on a little bit of a funk recently, but 17 stolen bases, he sorts to the top of the American League. In that category and hitting at 260, Jesse Winker has just not been able to find it this year. He and Adam Frazier, both hitting between about a 215 to a 230. Taylor Trammell has been a little bit up and down at Cal Raleigh, has had a bad year season along with Abraham Toro, but Ty France more than 40 RBI. He's hitting above 300. J.P. Crawford is hitting nearly a 300. And then Junio Suarez, north of a 315 on base. 12 home runs thus far this season. And I mean, both of these bullpens are going to be taxed, and both of these bullpens stink. I mean, you've got Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, Rossi Iglesias, the three guys that are supposed to be locked down for the Angels, all with north of a 4 ERA. And then for the Seattle Mariners, Drew second rider was instrumental to what they wound up doing in the bullpen last season. He just got DFA'd within the last week or so. Ryan Baruki has a 5 ERA. You've had Diego Castillo post up a north of 5 ERA. Andres Munoz has been in that fold as well. I mean, the most trustworthy guy out there in the bullpen has been Ben Murphy with right around a 2-ish ERA. So it's not great. And I do think that that is going to cause for a little bit of lack of trustworthiness with regards to that. But I do think game one is going to be a little bit lower scoring, eight or less. I'm going to be taking a look at the over with regards to Flexen versus Sandoval and wind up setting the Angels at a minus 126. And if you get Jose Suarez versus Justice Sheffield, I said Suarez as a very slight favorite because he's just seen a little bit more big league action thus far this season. He has made six total appearances, five starts in for Justice Sheffield. He's been mostly pitching at the minors. He's got a north of 80 RA at the minor league level this year. 
I'm not even kidding when I say that. His ERA is north of eight at the minor leagues. I will say for Jose Suarez, when he's been at the minor league level, he has been terrible too. And for Mr. Jose Suarez, he's got right around his six-ish ERA. And he's actually been better in his career as a long reliever rather than as a starter. You take a look at what he's been able to do thus far this season. And he's given up four home runs in 22 and two-thirds innings. His walks per nine rate is hovering right around five and a half. Opponents are a 300 off of him. It's been ghastly bad. And he did wind up getting more consistent starts in 2021. And when it came to his home and road splits in that regard. It was not necessarily too terrific there either. So, I mean, this has never been a guy that has been overly trustworthy. And, I mean, you still have both of those bullpens that stink. So, in game number two, if we do wind up getting Sheffield versus Juarez, 9-0 for less to the over, which that is a very, very high total for an eight game out there in Seattle. But I think it's warranted. And in Suarez versus Sheffield, I'd be saying the Angels at a minus 106. So, I can expect a relatively close to pick them game if we do wind up getting bullpen games as well there, but those are my thoughts with regards to those two games. Now we head to my DK Nation pick, 971-972 on the betting board, the Walker Texas Rangers at the red faceoff against the Detroit Tigers. Ronnie Garcia is going to be going for the Tigers, and Taylor Hearn is going to be on the bump for the Rangers. The Rangers are between minus 130, minus 135 favorites, between plus 115 and plus 124 is your price on the Tigers. 8.5 is your total, over is any between minus 110 and minus 120, the under is any between even and minus 110, and DK Nation pick, I can't believe I'm saying it, but we're going to be taking a shot here on the Detroit Tigers, who entering into yesterday had 31 home runs overall for the season in their first 63 games of the campaign. But that's because Taylor Hearn, he's got a 168 whip. He's given up four and a half walks per nine innings. His hits per nine rate is above 10. This guy has not been good at all. And he's got a 652 ERA on the road. Two and one record, by the way, to go along with it. He's not necessarily been giving up a lot of deep balls, but opponents are going to get 288 off of him. Now, this is a Detroit Tigers team that they need all the help that they can get on offense because... Allow me to run down the list of guys that is currently hitting a 205 or lower. So you've got Eric Koss, Spencer Trokelson, Jonathan Scope, Jameer Candelario, Robbie Grossman, Javi Baez. And it looks like maybe a deal with Candelario, deal with a little bit of an injury as well, but... Miguel Cabrera slowing right around at 300 for the team. Victor Reyes, he's hitting above a 300. Aero Castro is able to get on base. So you've got guys that are finally starting to move the line a little bit for the team. And then for the Texas Rangers, you've had a little bit of a tough time with some of these bats as well. As you've had Charlie Coverson, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager all hitting between about a 220 to 230. Eli White, Leody Tavares, they've been even worse for the team. Now I will say, when it comes to Simeon, he's been able to give the team six home runs over the course of the last 20 or so games. And Corey Seager has been able to go deep 13 times this far this season. But but a very pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in Detroit. And Ronnie Garcia has not been too terrible thus far this season as a starter. He has given up these six home runs over the course of 32 innings, but pitching out there in Detroit, you got to figure that that's going to help him out a little bit. He's been the victim of a little bit of bad luck, in my opinion. 386 road ERA, 575 home ERA as opponents overall. They're in just a 218 off of him. He's getting right around 10 strikeouts per nine innings. His walks per nine rate, that's right around 2.2. So I do think that there's going to be some positive progression for him. And when it comes to this Detroit Tigers bullpen, it has been lights up. It's been in the top seven in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERAs. Got a lot of guys coming out there, giving you a sub-3 ERA. Gregory Soto, who's been a relatively solid closer for the team. Alex Lang, Michael Fulmer, Will Vest. All these guys have been able to do a nice job holding down the four and two. Texas's credit. They've been able to do a solid job with their bullpen. Brock Burke currently has a sub-2 ERA. Joe Barlow, more on a three ERA. He's been touched up a little bit recently, but Dana Santana, he's been able to do a solid job for the team. Matt Bush, not necessarily been too terrific. And Garrett Richards, who wound up starting out the year just absolutely awful. He has actually been able to do a very solid 
solid job recently. Last three days, buck 80 ERA. So I do anticipate a little bit of a lower scoring game here. But when it comes to Taylor Hearn, just hard to have a lot of faith in him. I want to make him the Tigers a very, very slight favorite. And my total is 7.7. So I'm looking at the under in the DK Nation pick. As outrageous as it might sound, we're going to be taking a plus price here with the Detroit Tigers with that DK Nation pick. 973, 974 on the betting board. The Chicago White Sox at the red face off against the Houston Astros. That's Justin Verlander. It's going to be going for the Soros and Johnny Cueto is on the bump for the White Sox. Dawn's game is 8 over and under both of minus 110. Astros, very sizable favorites. You're going to be finding them in between minus 190 and minus 205. Between plus 165 and plus 180 is your price on Chicago. And with the White Sox, I needed at least a plus 178 to take a shot. We're at plus 180. I'm going to be willing to take a plus price here with Chicago. Now, for the Chicago White Sox, they are still managed by Tony La Russa, and they still play Little League defense, which that is always a little bit of a roll of the dice, and man, Justin Verlander at his advanced age, he has still been really good. He's still getting right around 9 strikeouts per 9 innings. His walks per 9 rate hovering right around 1.7, a sub-2 ERA. He does still give up the deep ball. He has given up 10 home runs thus far this season. That is a little bit of an issue now. Buck 65 ERA at home, giving up 4 home runs in 32 and 2 thirds innings, and opponents overall earning a buck 77 off of him, but Johnny Cueto, he's been much better than the 0-3 record would indicate. He's got right around a 353 ERA. He wound up having to be trotted out there in like super long relief on a last second's notice due to a little bit of an ordeal about a week, week and a half ago. And on the road, in his three starts, he's posted up a buck 50 ERA, giving up four runs, three of which were earned in 18 innings. Opponents are hitting at 227 off of him when he is on the road. So he's actually been able to do a solid job there. You do have Liam Hendricks and Kendall Graveman out there in the bullpen. A great eighth and ninth inning duo. Now, Getting these guys the ball is going to be an adventure because Matt Foster has been a little bit all over the place. I have no faith whatsoever in Joe Kelly. He's got a north of 8 ERA. This guy is terrible, but with that said, Jose Ruiz, if he could pick it up a little bit, that would be solid for the C-Men. For the White Sox, this is a team in which reinforcements should be on the way relatively soon. They've been dealing with injuries all season long, but A.J. Pollock all of a sudden has been able to pick it up. This is a man that you take a look at what he's been able to do over the last 30 days. He's hitting a 300 over the last 15 days, more like a 350. He, along Jose Abreu, Jake Berger, they're all in between about a 260 to a 275. Abreu, over the last 30 days, he's hitting well above a 300 for this team. Yeah, Osmani Grandal is out of the full, but he was doing nothing to start with. Yohan Moncada, it looks like he's starting to finally come out of his swoon. Daniel Mendick is hitting a 290 now with the White Sox. They always find up hitting lefties significantly better than they do at righties. And Justin Verlander, unfortunately, he's not left-handed. But for the Houston Astros, they've been a bottom 10 offense thus far this season as well. Alex Bregman winds up going deep yesterday, but he's only hitting a 220 to his credit. 333 on base. Jordan Alvarez has been amazing for the team. 17 home runs worth of a 400 on base. You still got Jose Altuve hitting right around 270 for the team with Jeremy Pena. Has been out of the full recently as his understudy LMNDCS along with Yoli Gurriel, Chaz McCormick, every single one of the team's catchers are all hitting a 225 or lower. So, answer them a little bit. Michael Brantley is hitting a 300. And for the White Sox, they are going to have to go to the bullpen and they're going to need to get to an Astros bullpen that's number one out there in the big leagues in terms of ERA. But I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression here. Ryan Sanek has a 086 ERA. Seth Martinez has yet to give up a run this season. Phil Mayton has been actually trustworthy for this team, so I do think that there's going to be a little bit of a fall. Ryan Presley is someone that I absolutely love for this Astros team, but being able to get plus 180 or greater here, that does wind up appealing to me with the Chicago White Sox. Cueto has been rock solid, and I do think that both of these starters in Cueto and Verlander, they're going to come out, they're going to be able to lend relatively solid starts here in the Astros and play two-thirds of their games the under thus far this season. Set by total at 7.2, looking under and looking at the plus price here with Chicago. 
975-976. That was the second game of Angels versus Mariners. So we go to 977-978 on the bank board. The Cleveland Guardians hit the road to face off against the LA Dodgers. One Julio Arias is going to be going for the Dodgers, and Cal Quantrill is going to be on the bump for the Guardians. The Guardians are finding themselves as a very sizable underdog in this spot. Anywhere team plus 175 and plus 190. Meanwhile, with Arias and company, it's anywhere team minus 205 and minus 210. 8.5 to 8 is your total on the 8. Unders minus 125. The over is plus 105 on the 8.5. Unders anywhere team minus 115 and minus 130. The over is anywhere team plus 110 and minus 105. And when it comes to Cal Quantrill, needed at least a plus 185 to be able to take a shot here. And pretty much across the board, we've been able to get there. So I'm going to wind up nibbling on the Cleveland Guardians as I love the way that Cal Quantrill has been able to pitch. He has given up three runs or fewer in 25 out of his last 27 pitching appearances. Very steady Eddie guy. Not a guy that's going to get a lot of strikeouts as he's getting right around five and a half to six strikeouts per nine innings, but has a lot right around 0.85 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate that hovers right around three. And for Julio Diaz, you take a look at him from last season. He had an ERA that was higher at home than on the road, and that's duplicating itself this season. 318 home ERA, 250 road ERA. As a matter of fact, in his 20 wins last season, 13 of them did wind up coming on the road. Opponents have been able to hit the deep ball off of him at home. Seven bombs in 28 in the third inning, so I think that that'll shrink a little bit. And for Arias, he's given up a little bit over two walks per nine innings, so command has been there for him, but this is a Cleveland Guardians team that they're currently number one in the big leagues with regards to VO strikeouts on a per at-bat basis, and you've got a lot of guys that are getting on base for this team as you've got Richie Paleos, Owen Miller, Josh Naylor, Amid Rosario, Stephen Kwan, all these guys hitting between about a 265 to a 275. Oscar Gonzalez is hitting at 340. And Jose Ramirez currently leading the American League in RBI, 16 home runs, 300 batting average going into what we wound up seeing on Friday. He has been tremendous. And for the Dodgers, they've got a couple struggling bats right now. Justin Turner and Cody Bellinger are nowhere to be found. These two guys are barely hitting above a 200. Max Muncie wound up hitting that home run against the White Sox, but he's still hitting a buck 60. Four bombs at 154 at bats for him. Now the top of the lineup, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner. These guys have been terrific, but Mookie Betts wound up missing yesterday as well. That's a little bit concerning. you got to figure that he's probably going to be back in the fold today because I mean, he has been, in my opinion, one of the most valuable players out there in the National League. Now Kevin Lux, he's got north of a 350 on base. He's been solid, and Chris Taylor wound up returning to the fold as well. And for the Dodgers, I will say, the bullpen has actually had the smaller names be able to step up for them. Yancy Almonte has been able to give you a sub-2 ERA. Evan Phillips has right around a 2-ish ERA. Alex Vasilla has been relatively solid, but the bigger name guys, Broussard Gradwell, north of a 4 ERA. Craig Kimbrell, north of a 4 ERA. Danny Hudson has been relatively solid, but you tell that they're missing Blake Tryon. And when it comes to this Guardians bullpen, Emmanuel Classe, one of the best closers that you're going to find out there in the big leagues, and you've got guys that are able to get him the ball. Nick Sandlin has been able to do a solid job. Sub-3 ERA out of him. Eli Morgan, Sam Entages, a pair of failed relievers. Currently are posting up ERAs that are sub-2. Angel de Los Santos has been able to do a relatively solid job as well. So I feel like the Cleveland Guardians should be a bit of an underdog in this spot, but I think that they went a little bit too far. I'm willing to take this plus price and when it comes to the total, I did wind up setting my total at an 8.3. I'm mostly seeing 8 and At an 8, I'd be looking at an over. An 8 and to the under, I'm going to be looking a little bit more just to be able to get good juice because right now, if you like the under on 8.5, well, you're going to be paying a King's Ransom on that. If you like the over on 8, you're going to be paying a King's Ransom. So, all about how the juice winds up shaking out there. But with that said, at an 8, I'd be looking at an over and a half, I'd be looking at an under. Just going to be trying to find whichever one I can get more of a minus 110-ish price on. 979-980 on the bank board. The St. Louis Cardinals hit the road face off against Boston Red Sox. Says, you've got Cutter Crawford who's going to be going for the Sox and Dakota Hudson on the bump for St. Louis. St. Louis says, 
Celtics find themselves as a very slight underdog in this spot, slash a very slight favorite. Anywhere between plus 105 and minus 115 is your price on St. Louis. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Boston, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And 9.5 to 10 is your total on the 10. Under is minus 120. The over is even on the 9.5. Over is minus 120. And the under is even. I set my total at 10.3. So I'm going to be taking a look at the over on either 9.5 or 10, depending upon what you have available to you. And when it comes to this, I wound up setting the Cardinals minus 118. So I'm going to be willing to lay it because with Cutter Crawford, had a very good start last time out against the Seattle Mariners. Wound up throwing five scoreless innings. That said, you take a look at Cutter Crawford, and I mean, when he's been up at the big league level thus far this season, he's got a 574 ERA now. Nasty stuff. 21 strikeouts and 15 and two-thirds innings. He can't control his stuff, though. That is indicative of the fact that he's getting right around seven walks per nine innings. That is a big, giant issue right there. And what I think is important with Cutter Crawford because he has only made like one or two career big league starts. The rest of what he's done, he has been out there in the bullpen. He's actually gotten a few starts so out there at the minor league level. I think that you need to go down to the minor league level and take a look at what he's been able to do thus far this season. And he's been sort of all over the place. He's got, and I'm not even kidding here, a 7.42 ERA at the minor league level in his four total appearances, three of which have been starts. Once again, a guy that is not giving you a lot of swing and miss down there. Now, you take a look at what he did in the minor league level last season, right around two walks per nine innings. He was really able to do a solid job of being rated in, but he had a north of a four ERA at that level as well. So, this is a guy that I have a very tough time having any sort of faith in. And with Dakota Hudson, yeah, he winds up giving out his walks as well, right around four, four and a half walks per nine innings. Not ideal, but he keeps the ball in the yard. Four home runs given up in 65 and two-thirds innings. His strikeout numbers are not necessarily too terrific either, right around five punch outs per nine innings. But with the St. Louis Cardinals, I feel like it's a little bit more of a balanced lineup as well. You've got Brendan Donovan, Paul Goldschmidt, both hitting between a 330 through a 345. Nolan Arenado has been able to give you 12 home runs. He's got a 350 on base. Goldschmidt, he's been able to go deep 16 times, north of 50 RBI. Tommy Edmond is sitting at 285 for the team. Dylan Carlson, Harrison Bader, they're in between about a 255 to a 260. Juan Yepes has been able to do a very solid job of being able to get on base along Dolan Gorman. Gorman is sitting right around 260. And then for the Boston Red Sox, you've got a quadrant of guys. Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogars, along Jaron Duran, all hitting a 310 or better for this team. And then you do wind up having that fall off with Franchi Cordero, Trevor Story hitting right around a 215 to a 225. Jackie Bradley Jr. His 235 is actually not too bad for his standards because he's more out there for his glove. Alex Verdugo has been able to get on base recently. And I will say for Rafael Devers, the fact that he's been able to put up 16 home runs this season, he has been tremendous. And both of these bullpens, not great, not terrible. With the Boston Red Sox, you've been able to get some very good innings recently out of Austin Davis. He's been able to deliver a sub-2 ERA thus far this season. Jake Diekman, right around 350 ERA. He had a Mora, someone like a John Schreiber. They've all been able to do their part in Schreiber. Right around a one-ish ERA. And then for the St. Louis Cardinals, Ryan Elsley, I believe, has given up one earned run thus far this season. The veterans, like Nick Wickren, like TJ McFarland, they have not been able to do a solid job. But Giovanni Gallegos, after he wound up having himself a little bit of a rough start to begin the season. He has given up, I believe, no runs in each out of his last six or seven appearances. Genesis Cabrera has been able to do a very solid job and is able to give you multiple innings if needed as well. So I do have faith that the Cardinals are going to be able to pull through. I think that both of these offenses are going to be able to ignite. Hudson puts guys on cheaply and I think that he's been a little bit lucky with the deep ball as well. So I'm looking at the 9.5 to the 10 and I'm looking at an over on both of those numbers and with that said with Cardinals, I think that they should be more around the minus 115-ish favorite. So looking at the cards and looking at the over 
and we wrap things up with 981, 982 on the betting board. The Minnesota Twins hit the road faceoff against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Luke Weaver is going to be going for the Snakes, and Dylan Don't Call Me, Al Bundy is on the bump for Minnesota. Minnesota is finding themselves as a slight underdog in the spot, anywhere team minus 110 and plus 105. Meanwhile, if you're looking at Arizona, it's anywhere team minus 110 and minus 115. 9.5 is your total. The over is anywhere team minus 115 and minus 125. Under is anywhere team minus 105 and plus 105. And Don't Call Me, Al Bundy is a Guy that I want to make him a favorite in the spot of minus 124. I just think that he's backed up by a little bit more of a balanced lineup in general. And for Luke Weaver, it's just really a jury's out situation. He did wind up making his first real appearance of the season a few days ago. But with that said, they utilized an opener for him. So he didn't wind up necessarily getting that start. He's made two overall appearances this year, going three and two-thirds innings. So you have to take a look at how you want to rehabbing back up for this and I mean, you take a look at what he wound up doing. He wound up having one relief appearance, one start. Didn't look great. Didn't look terrible. You go back to 2021 and it's limited innings. He wound up having a 425 ERA, giving up right around three walks per nine innings, one and a half homers per nine. And this has just not been a guy that has been able to stay healthy and he just hasn't been able to flourish the way that you'd like now. Dylan, don't call me Al Bundy. He has been not great this far this year. Disable East. He's got a north of five ERA. Leaves a lot to be desired with that regard. And he's always had a little bit of a problem giving up the deep ball. He's given up right around 1.9 home runs per nine innings. He's also giving up 1.9 walks per nine innings. He needs to work out the, the kinks with regards to his swing and miss stuff right around seven strikeouts per nine innings. But you do take a look at this Minnesota Twins lineup. And you've got Byron Buxton, who's been able to do an absolutely amazing job of being able to go deep. He's getting a home run every 10 or so at Fez. And then on top of that, Carlos Correa is hitting above a 300. Gilberto Cicino, Luis Arias. They're both hitting at least a 330 with Arias. More around a 440 on base as well. Trevor Larnich is back in the fold. He, Max Kepler, both hitting between about a 242 and 250. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they've actually been hitting barely over .75 home runs per game at home on the road. That nearly doubles. So they've actually had a tough time going deep in Arizona. Jordan Luplo has been able to give you a home run every about 13 or so at best. Christian Walker, 16 home runs thus far this season. But with Walker, he's hitting at the Mendoza line of 200. This is a Diamondbacks team that they're in the bottom five with regards to batting average. Ketel Marte wound up being out of the fold yesterday. He's been dealing with a little bit of an injury. May not be able to go on Saturday. And for Arizona, just have to be concerned with his bullpen in general. Joe Manatipoli has been amazing. A sub one ERA. Ian Kennedy, a little bit up and down. 365-ish ERA. Sean Pop and Kyle Nelson. They're able to give you some innings, but you take a look past that. Caleb Smith has been terrible. Noe Ramirez, north of a 5 ERA. And for the Minnesota Twins, it can be a little bit of a touch-and-go bullpen as well, but now you've got Emilio Pagan, who is back at the fold for the team. You'll be able to get some very good innings out of guys like Giovanni Moran, Jarrell Cotton, along with Trevor McGill. All these guys posting up a 210 ERA or better, so I do think that the the overall whole of the Minnesota Twins going to be better in what I think is going to be a starting pitching matchup that is not going to yield too great of results, but with that said, Arizona has also played over 60% of their games to the under. I think that it's going to be short starts for both of these guys. I think that the bullpens are going to hold it down from there, and I trust in the Twins bullpen a little bit more to wind up making the Twins more around a minus 124 favorite. Willing to take Bundy and company in with my total at a 9.1, looking at the 9.5 under, and that will wrap things up for the baseball betting show for this most wonderful Saturday as we wound up having Lauren Campbell join me in the second segment doing a great job over there at Nesson and the Locked On Red Sox podcast. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, baseball betting show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you have one of two ways we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNNR41. Keep in mind, letters, EM, 
Maybe it does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. And that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.